Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of AP Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. We're kicking off this series, Made to Make, and I'm so excited because this series, church, it's really going to focus uh, on the vision of this church, which is very simple, to make disciples and make a difference. Our vision here at AP, say it with me, to make disciples and make a difference. One more time for everybody in the back. To make disciples and make a difference. That is our vision. It's from the Lord. And how many of you guys are thankful we have a vision that can, we can't just remember in our mind, but it's etched on our heart. That we want to make disciples and we want to make the difference in Jesus' name. And so it's really centered around our vision. But that focus about that is really going to start next week. Because today the Lord really shifted uh, everything I was going to talk about uh, yesterday. And I love when the Lord waits until then to tell me and give me a fresh download. Makes my Saturday so much more fun. but, but I want to share today and lay a foundation of what the Lord is saying because uh, I believe in this season, guys, that we need to understand we've been made to make. We've been made. Look, go ahead and look to your neighbor and say, I'm a maker. Come on. I'm a maker. We're going to talk about how God is our maker. But I want to ask a question. How, how many times do you really think about that you've been made to make? Do you think about that a lot? Most people don't. And if they do think about they've been made to make, they usually go with, well, yeah, I've been made to make that money. Come on. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been made, I've been made to make myself famous. That's what this generation would say. They've been, they've been made, or they'll say, well, listen, I've been made uh, to make a living, or I've been made to, to, to make a family, or I've been made to make friends, or, or, or lots of different things. And if you were talking, if asking my wife, you said, well, tell me what Pastor Derek was made to make. She said, well, Pastor Derek was made to make a mess. Can I get a witness from somebody? That's what she would tell you. And listen, I'm only telling you that even though it hurts, it's fair, okay? <laughs> it hurts, but it's fair. But, but so many people never think about how they were made to make. And the reality is, church, is that we are made to make. And here's how I know that we were made to make. You were made to make because you have a maker, You were made to make because you have a maker. And I want to show you in the word as we're laying foundation today. If you've got your Bibles or you've got your phones, you can turn or tap with me. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We're going to start right here today. Going back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is what God said. said, Then God said, let us, somebody shout make. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Notice what he said. We have a maker. He said, let us make man. Look to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Come on. He's talking about you. Let us make man in our image. And then we go to here. That's Genesis 126. But then Genesis 131. I want you to see this one because this is going to encourage you today. Genesis 131 says this. This is God after he made everything, not just you, but he made, he made the sun and the moon, the stars, the sky, the, he made the ocean, he made land. It said, then God looked over all he had, so my shout made, because he's our maker. Then God looked over all he made and he saw that it was very good. Can I just remind you today, you were made good. 
In a world where so many of us, we're talking about inner healing at this ladies' conference, in a world where so many people heard different things growing up, hear me today because the Bible says it and God doesn't lie. You were made good. You were made, listen, you weren't, some people say, well, pastor, I was made to make mistakes. Stop it. You were made good. You say, well, how do you know? Because God is good, and if God said you were made good, that means there's a period right there. You were made good. But can I go a step further? Not only were you made good, you were made to do good things. Can I show you from the word? Thank you so much for letting me. Yeah, you were made to do good. So you were made good and made to do good. And here's how I'll show you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Now this version says created, other versions say made. But he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the what things? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you see what that means? That means when God saw you, he planned good things for you. Hear me today, because so many people say, no, I was not made good, and I can't do good things. Hear me, when God made you, he said, I've made you good, and I've planned for you to do good things. I've made you good, and I've planned for you to do good things. So see this, church, we have a maker, and because we all have a maker, hear this, we are made to be makers, because we have a maker, we are made to be makers. One more time, look at your neighbor and say, I'm a maker. Come on, I'm a maker. We are made to be makers. And so I'll let you in on a secret, though. Here's what's cool. While we are all unique in what we can make, because some of us, God's given us different gifts and talents, and some of us can make different things. While we are all unique in what we can make, hear me, there is a, uh, there is a, uh, a similar uh, opportunity here. It's this is that as sons and daughters of God, we were all made to make disciples and make a difference. As sons and daughters of God, we were all made to make disciples and make a difference. And so we're understanding that God made us, he made us so we could be makers, and next week we're gonna go deeper in that understanding of what we were made to do. But today, church, I wanna not talk about what we were made to do, but I wanna tell you what you have been made for. I want to talk about today what you have been made for. How many of you guys, the Lord did not, did not make you on accident? He made you on purpose for his purpose. He didn't make you on accident, but he made you on purpose. What does Psalm 139 says? The, the psalmist said, Lord, you, you made me and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Even the psalmist said, Lord, you've made me so complex. And man, he was talking to teenagers when he said that. He said, you made me so complex and so unique, but you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But today I want to spend a few minutes talking about on what you have been made for. And the first thing I want to say, because um, this is what really stopped, God stopped me yesterday in the middle of all of these things and said this to tell the people of God, and it's this, you were made for this season. Hear me very clearly, because there's a lot of people wishing God would take you out of this season. You were made for this season. Some people believe me. That's okay. I'm going to go over. I tried over here. I'm going to try over here. You were made for this season. 
There's a pastor that I, that I watched some of his stuff. He said a quote one time, I think it's so true. He said, great men and women are born for the season they were needed the most. Great, great men and women were born for the season they were needed the most. I know this has been a difficult season, but can I go ahead and encourage you? God made you to flourish in this season. God made you for this season. God made you to lead in this season. God made you to serve in this season. God made you to shine in this season. Hear me today, saints. You were made for this season. If you believe that, somebody give the Lord praise today. You were made for this season. You say, well, pastor, how do you know? Because if you weren't made for this season, God would have already taken you. If you weren't made for this season, God would have already taken you. God has not made a mistake by allowing you to be on the earth during this trying and tumultuous time. He has not made a mistake by allowing you to be on the earth. You were made by your maker for this season. You were made by your maker for this season. So I'm telling you, I've got big faith that the people of God are walking into and through a supernatural season in Jesus' name. I told you several months ago, I heard the Lord say in the middle of chaos, this will be a Cairo season for my people. A God-ordained season. A, a time where God is purposeful and God does supernatural things. If you believe this is a Cairo season for your life, somebody say amen. See, here's what, I, here's what I'm sensing. Here's what the Lord is saying. That in the middle of all the things that are taking place, while the world's going to keep spinning in chaos, I sense an Isaiah 60 season for the church where it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. I I feel a prophetic unction. Listen to me. I feel a prophetic unction that you need to understand and declare over your life that I was made for this season. Go ahead and declare it. I was made for this season. God has not left you during this time, but God says, I want to walk with you. I'm going to equip you. I'm going to empower you, and you are going to arise and shine for my glory in the earth. So that means we need to choose faith during this season. Pastor, I don't know all the answers. Good, because you're better when you're not in charge anyway. I'm telling you, church, if we can stand up in big faith in this season and amidst all the uncertainties, well, Pastor, what happens if this doesn't work out or I get furloughed again or what happens if this person doesn't get into office and this person does? The last time I checked, God is not elected. I know that we live in a democracy here in the United States, but technically, church, we're in a theocracy. We're ruled by a king, and we're in a kingdom. And can I, can I just go ahead and let you know right now, well, Pastor, how are you going to vote? Let me tell you how I'm going to vote. I'm not worried about an elephant or a donkey, but I'm committed to the lion and the lamb, and I will trust him, I will walk with him, and I will believe that he still will take care of me because I'm his son in the earth. So let the world spin in chaos because this is a Cairo season for the body of Christ. I'm telling you right now, you were made for this season. 
Every open door, you walk through it with boldness. Every time you feel the unction of Holy Spirit, you go ahead and say, yes, Lord, I'll say it. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll go because the Lord is walking with you and he will let his light shine on you for the glory of his kingdom. You were made. Somebody say one more time. Say, I was made for this season. I was made for this season. So what does that mean, church? That means in this season, you've got to recognize you're not anxious, you're anointed. Come on. You're not anxious, you're anointed. You're not fearful, you're faith-filled in Jesus' name. Listen, you're not breaking down, but you're breaking through. Come on, somebody. Listen, this is your season. This is your season. Listen to me. You're not overwhelmed, but you're overcoming. You are not discouraged. You are destined for great things in the name of Jesus. Listen, you're not finished. You're just getting started because you have a maker that has made you especially for this time right now in the earth. We were made for this season. And in this season, hear me, I believe that we are going to be disciples that make disciples and we're going to be difference makers that make a difference. We were made to make disciples and make a difference. But that's just that one thing the Lord said yesterday. I'm just really now just getting into it. Look at your neighbor and say he's done with his introduction. That's it. But the Lord said, he said, he said, tell them, say, this is their season. I believe this is our season in supernatural ways. But this morning, church, as we begin this series, I want to make sure, before we talk about what we, were, uh, what we were, uh, what we're made to do, which is next week and the rest of the series, today I want to focus on what we were made for. What you and I were made for. And there's three distinct things I want to share with you today of why you were made. The first one is this, you were made to know. You were made to know God. You were made to know God. And see, here's the thing. Not just intellectually, but intimately in your heart. Your maker made you that you would know him. Your maker made you so that you would know him. Uh, here's what Jesus said in John 17, 17, 3. He's actually praying to the Father. And notice what he says. He says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you. The one, the only true God and Jesus whom you have sent. What does that mean? That means that you understand something. You were made to know God. You were not just made to know about God, but you were made to know God. You were made to know God, to know him with your head, and with your hearts. And I want to go ahead and tell you something. I'm convinced that you will not be able to help but love God when you truly know God. When you really, listen, it's not hard for people to love the Lord when you really know the Lord. Because there's not, there's not another nature like him in the universe. How many others' nature is always goodness? Listen, don't tell me that that's always your nature. Let somebody cut you off in traffic and we'll see how you respond. Let your kids put, let, the, your, let your kids draw on the walls like it was a chalkboard and let's see how you, <laughs> how you respond. Listen, God's nature is goodness. So I'm convinced that if you know the Lord, you love the Lord. 
If you know the Lord, you love the Lord. But notice what Jesus said. He said this. He said that they may know you. Listen, that means this, that you were made to know God, but then we also have a longing to know him more. Listen, that we're content, but we're not satisfied. See, the kingdom of God is the only place where you can be content and still not satisfied. Because you say, Lord, I long to know you more. Lord, I don't want to just know a little bit. God, I want to know everything. God, I want to know you the way that you know me. What did the apostle Paul say in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10? He said this, church. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. To increase in knowing him. Let, let me go ahead and just encourage you today. In this season, say, Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want to know you. Like, do you understand, at this point in Paul's life, when he actually wrote that text to the believers in Philippi, you already know he planted 60 churches, right? You, you know that he had seen signs and wonders. God had done so many things. And you know where he is in this moment? He's literally sitting in prison for preaching the gospel. And all he can think about is, Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I want to know you more. Can I go ahead and tell you today, wherever you are, do not lose your desire to know God intimately. Intimacy with the Lord is one of the most special gifts that we can have as sons and daughters of God in the earth. Can we please have the perspective of the Apostle Paul and say, Lord, we continually long to know you more. We continually long, Father, to know you more. See, we were made to know and understand God's ways and his acts, but even more, can I tell you, you were made to know his heart. To know the heart of God. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe that God's people should be thankful for God's heart, a hand, but hungry for his heart. How many of you guys are thankful that God's miraculous? Anybody thankful for what God gives you? But can I tell you today, we should be more hungry for his heart than we're thankful for his hand. Because the greatest relationship is not because of what he does, but because of who he is. To say, Lord, we want to know your heart. But here's what I've found out about hearts. And I can tell you why, because I've discovered this through my wife. Hearts are not given, they are found. Hearts are not given, they are found. What does that mean? That means if you want to find God's heart, you better pursue him. You better pursue the Lord. Listen, have you seen me and my wife? Okay, you see, I outpunted my coverage big time. Come on, somebody. Like, I look like a Yeti, and then she comes, oh, well, you know what, they don't look half bad, okay. <laughs> and whatever you're thinking on the camera online today, yes, the camera does add 15 or 30 pounds, so it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> but hear me for a minute. My wife did not just give me her heart. I found it because I pursued her. I pursued her. And listen to me, let me give you some marriage advice right now. Hey men, just because you've won your wife, don't stop pursuing her, keep pursuing her. Keep pursuing her. She's worth pursuing, and all the men say amen. But listen to me, listen to me. Hearts are, God's not just gonna give you his heart, but you can find it if you're willing to pursue him. 
See, this is what makes the, 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 the text from Jeremiah 29, 13 come alive, where it says this. He says, when you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. So, so what does this mean? That means that if you want to find the heart of God, you've got to be willing to pursue him with all of yours. If you want to find the heart of God and know him, because listen, you were made to know him and not just a little bit, but you were made to know him as much as you possibly can. If you want to know the heart of God, then be willing to pursue him with all of your heart and you will find him, says the Lord. So see, this is what I see. The first thing is that we find is that we were made to know God. We were made to know him and long for him. The second thing is this. After you were made to know God, here's this beautiful one. You were made to grow. You were made to grow. You were made to grow in God. You were made to grow in God. Pastor, how do you know that you were made to grow? Well, have you ever looked at your physical body? You grew. You grew. Can I tell you, we are triune beings, body, soul, spirit. So let me ask a question. Why would we be allowed to grow in our physical bodies but not care if we grow in our soul and our spirit? You were made to grow in the Lord. Now look to your neighbor and smile at him real big. Look to him. Smile real big. You smiling? Look to him and say, grow up. Come on, tell him. <laughs> yes. Listen, there's a wife that just felt so much peace because she's been wanting to say that to her husband all week long. And she just got to say it because the pastor told her to. <laughs> and I'm glad my wife's not here because she probably would have told me to grow up. You were made to grow in the Lord. You were made to grow in the Lord. You were made to, to mature in the presence of God and in the principles of God. And here's why. When we meet our maker, we should begin to mature in him. Remember something. Salvation is not the end. It's the beginning. Salvation is not the end, it's the beginning. You were made to mature in God. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, too many folks have gotten Jesus' word twisted when he said we needed to have childlike faith because their faith isn't childlike, it's just childish. He said we're made to grow. We're made to grow in him. You say, well, Pastor Rick, what's the difference between childlike faith and childish faith? Really quickly, childlike faith is sensitive and submitted. Childish faith is stubborn and selfish. Amen, Pastor. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. We were made to grow and mature in the Lord. Let me show you. Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven. One of my favorite, these next two passages I'm gonna share with you are some of my favorite in the whole New Testament. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must, what? Continue. Oh, it's not up there. That's why you didn't see it. You must continue. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow. Now say grow. You nailed it. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built 
on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Notice what the text says. Let your roots grow down deep into him. Listen, that's not done in a day. And salvation doesn't make your roots grow down deep. Listen, you're growing your roots deep in the Lord is a process. We like projects in America. You want to know why? Because we always have to know the start date or the end date or we're not going to commit to it. It's a process. You know another word? It's a journey. It's a journey of growing in the Lord. It's a journey of growing in the Lord. And we see and understand from this text, church, it is a lifelong journey. And I want to tell you, just like the Lord said, this is our season, I heard the Lord say this as well. This is your opportunity to come to maturity. This is your opportunity right now to come to maturity in the Lord. Right now in this season, how many of you guys want to stand before the Lord and hear that you could, have, you could have been more mature in him? No one. You don't want to hear the Lord say that. But this is your season. God has given you an opportunity to mature in the Lord right now, to grow up. Let, see, let me, let me tell you how I know something. In this season, there are going to be a lot of people to say, God, Lord, use me in a greater way. God, Lord, open up that door. God, let me do all these things, God, because I want to give you glory. But can I tell you what God's going to look at people and say? He's going to say, if you want to go up, you've got to grow up. If you want to go up, you've got to grow up. So this is your season, church. For understanding something, this is your season to mature in your faith and in your relationship with God because you were made to grow. You were made to grow. Now let me show you this passage because it's just as powerful. I want you to see it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-8. through 8. You're about to see something I believe is almost like a ladder for spiritual growth. It's almost like a ladder for spiritual growth. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-3, through 8, I want you to see it. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. If you believe that, somebody say amen. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. There's that, there's that right there. We have received all of this by knowing him while we were made to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. If you're thankful for the promises of God, somebody say amen. We're thankful for God's promises. So notice what it says. Supplement your faith or add this to your faith, a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Throw those eight things up on the screen, please, Heather. I want them to see this. I want you to see this almost like a ladder. He says this. He says, hey, 
He said, you had to start with faith. You don't come into the kingdom except faith. He says, but as you grow in your faith, he says, you need to add these things to your faith. Now, now here's what's cool about this. You ready? I'm gonna quickly share all, all eight of those. You're gonna have to take notes because I didn't make a slide for them. But I'm gonna see this. Do you guys know the number eight has a biblical meaning in God's word? You know what it means? It means new beginnings. The number eight means new beginnings. Can I tell you, when you're able to walk in all eight of these, you go to another level spiritually. You go to another level spiritually. So see this, as you grow in your faith, you go to new levels of who God wants you to be and you fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. Because I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, can I tell you that most of us, if we're going to make disciples and make a difference, we're gonna have to make a change. You wanna save that for next week? I'll save that for next week. And here's what it is. We've got to believe that we must grow in the Lord. We must grow. So see what Peter says. He says you have faith. That's where it starts. But then he says that faith is the foundation of how we grow. Then he says add moral excellence. What is moral excellence? Uh, another version says it's virtue. So what is virtue? A life of strong character and discipline. Moral excellence, a life of strong character and discipline. Knowledge, he says, after you add moral excellence, add knowledge. What is knowledge? An understanding of what God thinks and values. And then he says, out self-control. I hope you're writing these down. Self-control, the ability to lead oneself before leading others. Woo! You wanna know why God hadn't called you to lead more? Because you don't know how to lead yourself yet. You may save that for next week too? Okay, I will. He says add moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, then add patient endurance. What is patient endurance? The ability to patiently stick to what is right. The ability to patiently stick to what is right. And then to patience, patient endurance, he says add godliness. Somebody say godliness. What is godliness? It is a spirit-filled, spirit-led lifestyle that reflects the Lord. A spirit-led, spirit-filled lifestyle that reflects the Lord. And then he said, add brotherly affection to godliness. What is brotherly affection? A lifestyle that's warm, relational, and caring. Warm, relational, and caring. And then this, he says to all of those things, add love. Notice how the last but most important thing is love. The highest quality, what is love? The highest quality that enables us to serve and lead just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. And see this, church, if you want to go up, and I believe God wants to raise up his people, you've got to be willing to grow up. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, I was made to grow. Look to your neighbor and say, I was made to grow. Come on, tell him. Growing in these eight things will take you to another level. Can I go ahead and tell you, there are some people in this room that you are called to be history makers if you will start to grow in the Lord. You hear what I'm saying this morning? The Lord is filling this house with people that are called to do great things. But if you're going to do great things, you've got to be willing to say, Lord, I was made to grow in you. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Number three, this is the last one. You were, you were made to know. You were made to grow. I love it. You were made to go. You were made to go. Somebody say, I'm gone. Come on, say it. <laughs> I'm gone. You were made to go. Made to go for what? You were made to go for God. You were made to go for God. 
Now, because I'm such an amazing grammarian, I'm just kidding. Did you know, did you know that the word go, I'm not trying to rhyme, let's just stay with me here. Did you know that the word go, when it's being defined as an adjective, means to function properly? Did you know that? Most of the time we think of the word go as a verb. But if you're using the word go as an adjective, the definition then becomes to function properly. Can I go ahead and tell you, if you're going to function properly as a believer, you've got to be willing to go. If you're going to function properly as a believer, you've got to be willing to understand that you were made to go for the Lord. When something is going, it's functioning properly. When you go, you function properly. You were made to go. Let me show you three scriptures and you're gonna see this. Matthew 16, verse 24, we'll start right here. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Notice what he said. He said, if you wanna come after me, does that, does that imply that you're gonna be standing still? means you're going to be moving. And then he says, after that, he says, if you're going to come, he said, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and then what? And follow me. Which means you were not made to just sit there. Let me save that for next week. Okay, I will. You were made to go. You were made to go. Now, I love this text. I want you to see something for a minute. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let me stop right there. Do you know what you're going to have to deny to go after the Lord in your life? You're going to have to deny comfort. You're going to have to deny. Can, can I go ahead and remind you of something? Comfort and calling don't go together. They're like oil and water, church. If you want to live in comfort, then you'll never do what God's called you to do. But notice what he said. He said, if you're going to come after me, why? Because I want to go ahead and tell you, your calling is where Jesus is. He says, if you're going to come after me, he said, deny yourself. So deny comfort. Deny what comforts your flesh. And say, Lord, I'm going to deny that because I'm chasing after my calling. And then he says, take up your cross. Do you know why you need to take up your cross every day? Because you need to remember that you have to die daily so Jesus can live. You've got to die daily to your wills, to your will, to your ways, and to your wants so Jesus can do his will through you. So Jesus can be alive. He says, take up your cross and follow me. What does that mean? When you're following after Jesus, you will not help but be able to fulfill the calling that God has for your life. When you're following after Jesus, you won't help but be able to fulfill the calling that God has for your life. You were made to go, but then I'm going to go further. No pun intended. Matthew 28, verse 19, see what it says. Go, somebody shout go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 15. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me go ahead and tell you, I think Jesus had it right in all three of those texts. How about you? That's a good moment for you to say yes. That was the one. That was an easy one. Jesus had it right in those three texts when he commanded the believers and the foundations of the early church 
to go. Why? Because he was trying to teach them they were made to go. They were made to go. So hear me. We as the people of God only function properly when we go and move forward for the kingdom of God. We're only functioning properly when we go and move forward for the kingdom of God. We've got to go, church. Listen to me. As the people of God, but then as the church at large, we're only going to function correctly when we're going. So what does that mean? That means that we, can't, we don't have time to be stationary in tradition. Come on, somebody. We don't have time to get caught up in religion. We've got to go. We've got a gospel to preach. We've got a city to win. You've got a destiny to fulfill. You've got a purpose to do in the earth. So we've got to understand we were made to go. If you believe you were made to go, somebody say amen. amen. See, can I, can I remind you this morning, Jesus didn't die so the church could be a museum. <laughs> man, listen, if you're joining me online, you need to say amen because it's quiet in here right now, okay? Jesus didn't die so the church could be a mausoleum. Jesus died so the church could be a movement. So we could be a movement that literally advances the kingdom of God in the world. And if we're going to function properly, that means the people of God, that means the church at large has to understand we were not made to be still. We were made to go. We were made to go and do everything that God has commanded us to do as the people of God. We were made to go, to advance the kingdom of God. So see this this morning. Before we talk about what we were made to do, I want to talk about what we were made for. You were made to know God and to know him more every day. And then you were made to grow in God to mature in the Lord, in his presence and in his principles. And then finally, you were made to go for God. To go for God. Come on, if you're, we will stand to your feet all over the room. Come on. Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful that the word teaches us? Man, I'm thankful. Can I go ahead and tell you, there's only good preachers and teachers of the word because the word is so good. Listen, the real gift is the word of God. The real gift, the real prize is the word that will always be alive. And I'm telling you something, Pastor, why is it important for us to understand why we were made? Because if you don't understand why you were made, you will never do what you were made to do. Which is to make disciples and make a difference. Make disciples. And I'm gonna go tell you, I'll spoil, spoiler it for next week. If you're making disciples, you're making a difference. You're making a difference. But this morning, here's what I want us to do. Because I do believe this is the season that you were made for. 
I do believe with my whole heart, these are moments that God said, you know what? I knew that you were gonna be on this earth at this time and I made you for supernatural and special things. But we have to understand if we're gonna be, if we're gonna do what we were made to do, we're going to have to walk in what we were made for. To know the Lord, to grow in the Lord, and to go for the Lord. So I want us to have some response time today, right where we're standing. I'm even gonna give a call for salvation here in a minute, but I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I want you to open up your arms right now, like you're getting ready to catch something from the Lord. And I just want you to pray this prayer. I just want you to say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? And after you pray that, I just want you to listen for a second. Just listen. Now here's what I sense what Holy Spirit is saying. I believe that there are people in this room that as you understand what you were made for, there needs to be a time of repentance today. What is repentance? It's not just asking for forgiveness, but when you repent, you say, Lord, I'm making a change by your grace and your power. And if you're in this room today and you need to repent because you have not been pursuing the heart of God, you have not been saying, Lord, I wanna know you more, just go ahead and say, Lord, I'm making a change today. Lord, I'm making a change. God, I choose to grow in you, or God, to know you. And if you haven't been growing, if you've been just sitting still and, and, and not growing in the fullness of God and growing with him, just take a minute and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent for not growing in you. And then finally, if, you've been, if you're the one that said, Lord, I haven't been going, I've been watching other people function properly, and I haven't been, go ahead and say, Lord, forgive me, and I repent for not going. Lord, I'm sorry, God, God, thank you. Lord, that when I ask for forgiveness, God, that your love covers a multitude of sin. God, that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And I want you to do this, and I wanna pray with you right now, but I want you to pray with me. I don't want you to just listen to me pray, I wanna pray with you. That right now, you make a fresh commitment in your heart, because I believe this is your season, church. This is your season, man, woman. This is your season, young person. This is your, this is your season, whoever's joining me online. This is your season to do great things for the kingdom. That today you would commit yourself to saying, Lord, I'm gonna know you more. Lord, I'm going to grow in you more. And Lord, I'm gonna keep going for you like I never have before. Come on, I'm gonna pray and I want you to pray. Father, Lord, we thank you today, God, for the heaviness, but God, the truth of your word. And Lord, I pray in this moment today, God, that there is no one, God, that misses this moment with you, but Father, we say yes to your spirit. God, that's working and speaking in our hearts and our lives. Lord, that right now, Father, we say yes, God, to knowing you more. God, that we are going to find your heart. God, not because you give it, but God, because we're gonna pursue it. God, may we be people, God, that search for you with all of our heart. God, because when we do, your word says that we will find you. So God, let us know you more. 
And Lord, I pray that today is a day where we say yes. God, that we would not, God, be stunted in our growth, but God, we would grow in you. God, that we would let our roots grow down deep into you. God, we would let every part of our lives be built upon you. And Lord, that we would commit ourselves, God, to growing, God, to becoming, God, more of who you are. God, as leaders, God, as servants, God, that we would add Lord, godliness, God, in virtue. Lord, that we would add, God, moral excellence and knowledge and patient endurance. God, we would add those things to our faith, God, so we can go like you've called us to go. So, God, that we would know you, we would grow in you. And, Father, I pray there are people today that would say yes to going. God, to functioning properly. God, that no more, God, would we just be consumers, but we would be contributors. God, we would no longer be consumers. God, we would be contributors. God, in every way, God, that we can, God, that we would go for you. God, that we would be goers. God, serving and shining, leading and serving to be everything that you've designed us to be.